right. Live right. In the real world. The <laughs> Right On Radio. For continuous coverage, the latest information, separate fact from opinion. Get the truth. Get the news. You're listening to Right On Radio. Welcome to Right On Radio. My name is Jeff. I am the host of the show. Thank you for being here. Well, I thought I was done with the Alchemy series, but I guess some of you missed the big point, and that is on me, on not on you. Uh, there's reasons why I did not exaggerate it. And I will explain as we go through this. So what was the purpose of the entire series? That question will be answered today. What was the big reveal that I had in there that I don't think anyone caught? <laughs> well, I'm also going to share that with you as well. Uh, today is November 28th of 2023, and just at the top of the show, I thought it worthwhile to mention just a couple things that are going on. Uh, there are there been a number of people who are in the Q camps, the Great Awakening, that are uh, claiming that today something biblical is going to happen. Uh, one person, I think the actual Twitter feed is actually just Q with a TM, trademarked. Um, he's basically been doing this massive countdown and saying, you know, essentially today, behold a pale horse. <laughs> There's others that are out there saying that the rapture is going to happen today. Uh, look, I hope something happens today. Maybe some arrests. And by the way, I'm recording this just before noon today. I have been, believe it or not, up praying and working on this show for over 10 hours so far today. Yeah, it's up at 1.30 again. Hallelujah, Lord. <laughs> and all to go back into the alchemical world. <laughs> You know what? Uh, but it pays off. And I think, you know, today, not only do you have the Q thing going on, but we're just a couple days ahead of COP28 happening. And this is kind of a big deal. Uh, they're supposed to be signing, you know, a treaty. It's about peace and safety. King Charles is opening up the event. They've got uh, quite an agenda. And honestly speaking, I had been planning to cover that for the last two weeks, but I ended up doing this instead. And what I think you're going to get out of this show today is going to be, it's going to be very simple. I mean, there's complex precepts, but it's going to be simplified and while everyone is looking at man and what man is doing with treaties and everything else, we know that everything happens in the spirit first. 
I'm not going to be bold enough to say that I think you're going to get a glimpse of what uh, what God's thinking at this moment. So let me start off with just a little bit of a recap, because you'll have to understand why I put in some of that stuff. I'm not going to explain everything in detail and the alchemical thing. I'm not going to go there because I don't want you to be distracted by those things. But we are going to talk about a couple of the elements, as I think they are very important for you to understand. And, and, you know, quite honestly, for me as well, because it wasn't till this morning that the uh, Lord really put these things on my heart. And I, I was woken out of bed with it, <laughs> essentially. Um, I, look, and I'm not trying to say, Jeff, super Christian, here's the Lord. No, no, I'm not saying that. I'm saying that I feel I have a responsibility. The Lord has given me a platform and an audience, and I pray to him consistently, and I surely fear standing in front of him and being ashamed if I mistreat his word or his will, his intentions, and so this broadcast is not going to be, thus saith the Lord. However, it is going to be, thus saith the Lord, because I'm going to read his words. Now, I'm going to do something that I warn people about, and that is I'm going to be doing some biblical gymnastics here and putting some things together. But I do believe that you will see that they belong together. So I don't think it's going to be a stretch of his word. And if it is on my behalf, a stretch of his word, I'm confident it will not do any damage. In fact, this can only build you up. Okay. So let me talk about creation again. <laughs> Remember, God spoke creation into existence, and he spoke man and woman into existence. But then, in chapter 2, we go into verse 6, and I'm, this is from Genesis. This is important. Don't get hung up on it, but just let me paint a grander picture for you. But a mist used to rise from the earth and the water, the whole surface of the ground. So you have water coming up out of the ground. Just leave it at that. Very next verse, verse 7. Then the Lord God formed the man of dust from the ground, and he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living person. What is important for you to note 
is that Satan was there. Satan was created before this. In fact, when he saw walking amongst the fiery stones that God was going to create man, that's when pride came upon him and he was sent down to earth. The devil saw the formation. Okay? Really important for you to note. Now, I'm just going to skip ahead a little bit. Again, I'm painting a picture for you. So you have the dew, and if you remember correctly from the alchemical process, they said the dew is the prima facie material. Okay, don't get caught up on that. But, well, let me just say this. I, I'm repeating what I said the other day. What are you? How much of your body mass is water? Okay? Some people say 80%. Some say 70 It's probably different for everyone. But you got a lot of water in you. And it's very powerful. <clears throat> Excuse me. Now I'm going to skip to Genesis 6. Now it came about when mankind began to multiply on the face of the land and the daughters were born to them that the sons of God, the fallen angels, saw that the daughters of mankind were beautiful and they took wives for themselves, whomever they chose. And the women didn't really have a choice. Then the Lord said, my spirit will not remain with man, man forever because he is also flesh. Nevertheless, his days shall be 120 years. Boy, that's held true. No one lives past that. Now listen to this, verse 4. The Nephilim were on earth in those days, in those days, and also afterward. And there's all kinds of biblical references, the, uh, the two scouts and everything. They saw giants in the land, David and Goliath. So they were there before, they're there afterward. And when the sons of God came into the daughters of mankind, they also bore children to them, and they were mighty men who were of old and men of renown. Now, that was verse 4. I'm just going to skip to verse 7. Then the Lord said, I will wipe out mankind whom I have created from the face of the land. Mankind and animals as well and crawling things and the birds of the sky. For I am sorry that I have made them. So man is created out of water and out of the dust of the earth. Just hold on to those. And then we see the hybrids being formed. They were there before 
and they are there after. One of the things that has really become evident, and I'll tell you, well, I'll just tell you the purpose of the thing right now. We are to be as wise as serpents, but gentle as a dove. The purpose of this is to know the plans of the enemy. And I didn't get, didn't get this till today. And it's for you to be comforted through it. Because this is going to get wild. I'm going to spell out in no uncertain terms some of the things that you can expect that will be coming. What was the big reveal that no one caught? You know why you didn't catch it? I said it clearly. I said it plainly. I spent about five minutes on it, just directly on this point. But because of human nature, you did not catch it. Let me explain. First of all, I wanted to give you the information that I had been seeing, but I wanted to do it with subtlety because it's scary and right on radio is not about promoting fear. And after, you know, looking at this stuff for 50, 60, 70 hours, it took a deep toll on me. And even last week, one week ago today, when I did the last program, I don't think I could have. I just was too immersed in it. So I wanted to portray this with a gentleness. I'm not making excuses. I'm just telling you the intent. And I did not want to boast of myself. I do feel rest in my spirit to, it's not boasting in myself, it's actually boasting in the Lord because the revelation didn't come from me being super smart and looking at things and studying. The revelation came from God. And it was actually after all my study, when I was in the shower, there's the clue to where I, where I went with it last week. If you remember that. Here's the revelation, bluntly. People have been studying alchemy for, what, four, five, 6,000 years and not being able to figure it out? Well, I'm not going to say that I'm an expert in it. By no means, I'd never plan on it. But I figured out what people haven't figured out for thousands of years. And that is the intent of it. And yeah, I figured out what they're doing with it as well. And I explained some of that last week. But let me explain more about the intent. 
So there's three main silos of alchemy. The first is the person who believes that you can actually make gold from lead. And some people have died trying it. Some people have been driven mad trying it. Because, of course, you cannot make gold from lead. That's why I read those passages and by its kind and by its kind and by its kind. You can't make gold from lead. So the first purpose is just a distraction because they hide their true intentions. That's the meaning of a cult. It's hidden knowledge. The second silo that I would put it in, it's for people like the Masons and the Rosicrucians and everyone, the Kabbalists. It's all the same stuff. The other religions, the Eastern religions, all the same stuff. And it's actually about the person going up your chakras, <laughs> Jacob's ladder. And when you get to the highest one and you're opened up, this is the new age thing. I'm not promoting it. Don't hear anything I'm not saying. I'm telling you, this is their teaching, and as you go up levels, you get revealed more and more and more. And you see, the symbols are actually the symbol of not the outer, but the inner. And people like, um, well, they're high-level magicians have figured this out. But the revelation... The big thing that I discovered was the third silo. You see, these things were done in limited print, usually in the number of 300. And yes, you can think of the committee of 300. You can think of they're only done in 300 because the audience is actually too the kings of the earth, the elite of the earth. And it is their instruction of what they are to do. The instruction is to create hybrids. You see... When Satan was cast out of heaven, he took a third of the angels with him. And there's different classes of angels, you know. He might have taken a bunch of weak ones, some big ones, sure. But he is at a serious disadvantage for the final battle, and he knows it. So they have been creating a hybrid army. And they're trying to get as many people to choose 
Lucifer and to rely on his power. If human will is also meshed with demonic power, there's a real powerful energy in that. So knowing the intended audiences for this was the big revelation, and I have not heard anyone else say it. I don't think anyone else has said it that I'm aware of. I believe that was a revelation to us so that we can understand what they're doing. And by before the end of today, you're not going to care so much. <laughs> you're not going to care so much. It's, it's really good. <laughs> Be encouraged, brothers and sisters. So I also talked about the different types of magic, and I did that for a reason. I talked about word magic. I talked about frequency. I talked about um, sigil magic and their symbols and how it's everywhere in the world. Okay? I'm not going to rehash all that stuff, but I'm going to say it in a different way. As You know, I again, I want to make this very simple. Now, some people, they took the, uh, they took the jabs, right? They got a jump start. <laughs> Those who survive. But you and I, who didn't take it, assumingly, I know some of you did, the Lord's bigger than it. Don't be afraid. The Lord's bigger than it. If you did, don't be afraid. Don't do it again. <laughs> Just saying, don't do it again. But the Lord is bigger than that. Um, well, let's just start by a demonstration of how some of alchemy works. And this is something that you've probably all seen and heard, but it's a uh, very powerful demonstration. This is called the Rice Experiment by Dr. Masuru Emoto out of Japan. And if you're watching, you can see it. If you're listening, it's perfectly described. And this is just a couple minutes. So just listen to this for a moment. Dr. Emoto has conducted another interesting experiment. He placed rice into three glass beakers and covered it with water. And then every day for a month, he said, thank you to one beaker. You're an idiot to the second. And the third one, he completely ignored. After one month, the rice that had been thanked began to ferment, giving off a strong, pleasant aroma. The rice in the second beaker turned black. And the rice that was ignored 
began to rot. Dr. Emoto thinks that this experiment provides an important lesson, especially with regard to how we treat children. We should. All right, so that's that's all that I wanted to show there. Um, that's a demonstration of words. Now, of course, we know words have power. It spoke all of creation together, right? Right? But they also can cut deep if you say something negative to someone. You can hurt them for the rest of their life. Words are powerful. Now imagine someone who, for instance, has CNN playing all day in their office or in their home. Negative news being bombarded by those words, even if it's in the background. Which jar of rice are they going to represent? We have to be very careful of the content in which we take in. Now, on the flip side of that, the more time you spend in the Word of God, reading it, listening to it, having someone read it to you, minister to you, it creates that pleasant aroma, a beautiful thing, the beautiful product that God created. So that's words. Now I want to play an even shorter clip. And for those of you who are listening to this, um, you're not going to get anything out of it. So I'm just going to describe it. And you've probably seen the video already anyways. So let me just pull up this one here. It's called somatics. And what it is, is it's a plate, like a metal plate, put on top of a speaker, and they generate tones and amazing patterns move when the tones change. By the way, just for those of you watching the last two or three seconds here, now they've switched out the sand to water. And they're doing the same thing, just the water in a little bowl, essentially, a little dish. Beautiful, isn't it? So, you have a great proportion of water in you. And in this example, they used salt as well. 
Did, was it Jesus who said you are the salt of the earth? Is that an element that comes out of the ground? Yeah. So why is that important? Well, how do we receive frequency? Music, certainly. Do you think music can change you on the inside? Well, it does, doesn't it? Of course it does. But what other frequencies are out there? How about these towers that have gone up everywhere in modern society that are casting out these rays? How about the Wi-Fi in your home and what information it's carrying across and going through you? Just because it's invisible doesn't mean it doesn't have an effect. How would we be today as a society if we didn't have any of these frequencies going through the air? Would it be different? Would society look different? I think it would. I think it did. Um, we also have our air being polluted. Pollutants come in. It changes your chemistry. You have your food being polluted. It changes your chemistry. <clears throat> and even the light that we are in, and I gave that example of someone watching TV or a movie last time, it can change you. And it does. So we need to spend much more time away from these things of the world and into God's word, which is our protection. You see, Lucifer is using all of these things to help usher in his plan. Many people think that we're going into the end days. And I want, you're all familiar with uh, Jesus saying, I am the potter, you are the clay. You know, he forms you, right? Just like we read in the creation note, he forms you. But listen to this from Jeremiah. Um, but the vessel that he was making of clay was spoiled in the hand of the potter. So he remade it into another vessel as it pleased the potter to make. And this is the part where I'm just going to give a little bit of a stretch, just maybe creative license, if I will. 
when I read that this morning, I thought of as in the days of Noah. So he discarded it. He discarded the whole world, say eight people and all and two of every kind. And he was pleased again. Remember he said when he wiped out the world, he was sorry he had made them. But the clay was spoiled in the hand of the potter. So he remade it into another vessel. As I said, that might be a stretch, but perhaps it's going to make a little bit more sense here. I'm just going through my notes to make sure I didn't miss anything. All right. I think I'm tracking because I want this to be clear as possible. Now, let me... Oh, I didn't load this. Just give me one second. Now we're going to talk about Daniel chapter 2. And if you'll remember the story, Nebuchadnezzar, the king at the time, had this dream that was very troublesome. And he asked all the magicians and everyone to come in because he wanted to find out interpretation. And they said, well, just tell us your dream and we'll interpret it for you. And the king said, no, 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 no. No, I want you to tell me the dream and then tell me the interpretation. If you can't do that, I'm going to have you killed. Essentially, just belaboring the, uh, the, getting through the story quick. But what happened was Daniel of course, had heard about this. Daniel goes, eh, I can do it. <laughs> I can do it. So Daniel goes in. He doesn't know what the dream is, but the, he, so actually I should, I get, it's an important point. Daniel first goes to his buddies and gets a little prayer thing going, right? <laughs> you know, hey, uh, you know, if I do this and uh, I'm wrong, he's going to kill me. So uh, maybe we can pray. <laughs> And it worked. God gave him the revelation and Daniel just drops down to his knees and praises God. And it's a beautiful thing. But we're going to pick up with the statue. So Daniel first tells him what the dream was. And I'm going to read it. And then we're going to go into the interpretation. And I think this is going to tell you about the alchemy <laughs> and, and the beautiful plan of the Lord. So picking up in verse 31, Daniel, thou, O king, sawst and behold a great image, this great image whose brightness was excellent, stood before thee, and the form thereof was terrible. The image's head was of fine gold, his breast and his arms of silver, his belly and his thighs of brass, his legs of iron, his feet 
part iron and part clay. Thou sawst till that a stone was cut out without hands, which smote the image upon his feet that were of iron and clay and broke them to pieces. Then was the iron, the clay, the brass, the silver, the gold broken to pieces together and become like the chaff of the summer threshing floors. Were you with me on Sunday when we just covered the threshing floor, the wheat and the chaff? And the wind carried them away that no place was found for them and that the stone that smote the image became a great mountain and filled the whole earth. This is the dream, and we will tell you the interpretation thereof before the king. Thou, O king, art of a king of kings, for the God of heaven hath given thee a kingdom, power, and strength, and glory. And wheresoever the children of men dwell, the beasts of the field, the fowls of the heaven, hath given into thine hand, and hath made thee ruler over them all. Thou art this head of gold. Now, just stop there. Who is the ruler of all the world right now? Of course God is. Of course. Of course God is. But he's given legal right to Satan. And when he's giving this, so this is, the, this is given to the ruler of the world, right? Do you think it's just for Nebuchadnezzar? Or could this word be for us right now too? Is it possible? This word could be for us now too? Oh, I'm telling you, it is. I'm telling you. You don't have to believe me. Go read for yourself. But the head is gold. Remember in the series, so far in this series, it was about becoming gold, becoming the gold man, the allurements of the world going up the spiritual, becoming God yourself. That's what Satan wants people to believe. And what is represented by gold here? Gold is Babylon, the kingdom of Babylon. Now, it says that Babylon went from, actually, let me make it bigger. So there's dates on here. I'm just trusting that they're accurate. Uh, from 605 BC to 539 BC, and I'd say that's probably accurate. And, of course, then it fell. But we also know in Revelation that the destruction of Babylon comes in one hour, and it's at the end of the book. It's in sequence. So the Babylonian system 
always through infiltration, always really kept power. Of course, it all goes back to Nimrod, right? Right? So remember, gold. That's the head. Let me go back to the uh, showing the slide here in better form. And so he says that you are gold, Babylon. And after thee shall arise another kingdom inferior to thee. And then another third kingdom of brass, which shall bear rule over all the earth. And a fourth kingdom shall be strong as iron. For as much as iron breaketh into pieces and subdue all things, and as iron that breaketh all these shall break in pieces and bruise. So, the second kingdom, the one that took down Babylon, apparently, was the Medes and the Persians. King Cyrus, right? King Cyrus went in there and took it over, essentially, financially. He, he, he took over Babylon. They didn't even have to fight a war. And that silver. Now, is silver... we got to get into the chemistry here. Silver is not as valuable as gold. Gold is greater in preciousness. But gold is also malleable. You can shape gold. It's a very soft metal. It's very easy to work with. Hence, a lot of jewelry and great sculptures have been made out of gold. It's very precious and very malleable. Okay? The gold man is very malleable by the one who is crafting him. Silver is not as valuable as gold, but it's stronger than gold. And it's, a, it's better than gold in some ways, if some uses. It has more strength and more dexterity. And then we get to brass, which brass, which was the, of the belly and the thighs on the statue, which is grease. Kind of makes sense. It was on the belly and the thighs too, doesn't it? Um, so Greece took over the kingdoms from the Persians. But then... The fourth kingdom, which comes in, which is iron, which is Rome. And they say the Roman Empire went till 476 AD. Okay. We can go with that. But now, let's go to the fifth kingdom which goes from that time to present day.
And whereas thou sawest the feet and the toes, part of the potter's clay, a part of iron, the kingdom shall be divided. But there shall be in it of the strength of iron, for sowest much as thou sawest the iron mixed with the miry clay. The miry clay. So we know that God is the potter, we are the clay. But what is miry clay? Well, it's 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 like wet clay. It's it's um it's hard to get out. There it's not it's it's filled with water. <laughs> water and clay, it's weakened. It won't hold its shape. It's very hard to get out of if you walk into miry clay, like deep mud. Have you ever gone into a lake and or or something and your feet sink into the vegetation and you can't pull your foot out? That's a good example of it. Now, the feet in which this whole statue, the world empires, stands upon is built on iron, which is left over from the Roman Empire, and miry clay. Miry clay. Folks, I think it's talking about the hybrids. I think it's talking about the hybrids. And by the way, these entities and deities and even the Satanists in, in the flesh, they're all competing with each other for power. Because they are we don't battle against flesh, but against powers and principalities. So there's powers in the angels, the fallen angels. We have, our angels have power too, obviously. There's power in the angels, but there's also people in this world who have power. And we battle against their power in the flesh and in the spirit. And it's over the principalities. What are principalities? They're territories. And that territory could just be part of your life. Or it could be the part of the area of wherever in the world you are in that could be under just demonic repression. So the miry clay. And listen to this. 42. And as the toes of the feet were part of iron and part of clay, remember. So the clay is insolvent. The whole statue. Look, if you cut off your toes, do you have good balance? He's saying the toes are weak here. It cannot stand. So as much as through the centuries Satan has planned his hybrid army, and you know that God wins, obviously that's not a new revelation. 
but even for the battle to come. I don't think it's going to be that bad for us, folks. We're going to go through some stuff. But I'm getting more and more encouraged. And by the way, the uh, when it says toes, why would the toes be part iron and part miry clay? And why does he mention toes? Like, there's ten toes. Remember in Revelation chapter 13, the ten horns? It's the ten kings of the earth. Is there a correlation? I think there is. I think there is. Look, I'm not a Bible scholar. There's maybe verses that cancel that out. But I think there's a correlation between the second chapter of Daniel and Revelation 13. In fact, I know there is. I know I know inside. So the kingdom shall be partly strong and partly broken. And then, now he's still interpreting the dream. He's giving the interpretation. And whereas thou sawest iron mixed with the miry clay, they mingle themselves with the seed of men. Oh, maybe that's where I got it from. The very next verse. <laughs> Did you catch it? And whereas thou sawest iron mixed with miry clay, they shall mingle themselves with the seeds of men, but they shall not cleave to one another, even as iron is not mixed with clay. Not quite having the success of the old days, eh? <laughs> no giants? Oh, maybe we have just little gray dudes with big heads? <laughs> That's it's just me saying the miry clay. <laughs> the Lord sits on his throne and he laughs at this guy. My goodness, everything he's trying, it just goes to bunk. Ah, <laughs> uh, let me continue on. Tell me what you think, by the way, about that. Am I right? I'm just kind of ad-libbing here. Well, no, I thought about this a lot, but you know what I mean. Am I getting revelation? Are you getting revelation? Is this working for you? And where is that saw? That, uh, so even as iron is mixed, not mixed with clay, verse 44. And in these days, or sorry, and in the days of these kings, oh, so maybe those ten toes are the kings probably dudes who are demon possessed right <laughs> it's telling you here and in the days when these kings shall see the god of heaven or sorry um where was i 44 and in these days these kings shall this god of heaven set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed and the kingdom shall not be left to other people, but it shall break in pieces and consume all these kingdoms 
and it can stand forever. And here's how it happens. Are you ready? For as much as thou sawest that the stone was cut out of the mountain without hands, and that it break in pieces the iron, the brass, the clay, the silver, and the gold, the great God hath made known to the king what shall come pass hereafter. And the dream is certain, and the interpretation thereof. Who's the stone? It's the rock of Jesus. Jesus is the one who smashes it, and no man will ever reign on earth again. And as much as the alchemy, when I was showing you those pictures, depict the instructions for those three silos that I was discussing, it's really meant for the kings, right? For the 300 who are going to wean down to the 10 here. As much as that is their little secret code they've passed along for 6,000 years, well, we've had this for about 3,000 years. Perhaps most people couldn't interpret it until more modern times in the way that we do now. I'd say that's reasonable to understand. Actually, Daniel had some things that were put aside that wouldn't be able to be understood until the end time. Maybe this is a correlation to that. So as much as they make their plans at COP28 and everything, God is going to come and do some smashing. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I, and, and I just had a funny thought. I'm not predicting. I didn't they didn't get it in a vision or anything like that. But, you know, it's funny that they're having this conference, and it's a big deal, folks. It really is. They're having this conference in Dubai. United Arab Emirates. And there was just this huge flood there. It never rains in the desert. I've been there. It never rains. The streets were flooded. And, you know, there's people out there, and, you know, their guess is as good as mine, but a lot of people say, oh, see, they used harp so they could flood the, uh, the area and then say, climate change, man, climate change. You know what? I see it in a different way. I see it in a different way. I think it was God showing his hand. Because you know that all the demons are gathering there for this, where all the world leaders are going to be. And what did God do in the days of Noah? He flooded it. You know, these demons don't like water. <laughs> I'm pretty sure <laughs> they don't like water. I think it was God's hand. And the other thing that's striking to me, and what's it called? The, well, they have the tallest building in the world. You know, it reaches up to the heavens. <laughs> kind of like the Tower of Babel. I just wonder. 
I, 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 and I'm no, I, I don't want innocent people to get hurt because probably innocent people live in that building. But man, you know, um, God can flood the whole earth and he can take down the Tower of Babel. Wouldn't that be a sign of God saying <laughs> to you? And you know what? God would take the good people and, you know, I, God's God's just in whatever he does. I'm not saying he's going to do it, but it'd make good TV from this side of the world. I wouldn't want to be in the building. Maybe I would. It'd be To be absent of the flesh should be to be with God. Hey, let me finish up on a, just a couple things here. Um, which I think she'll will really uh, bring this home. I pray I've been clear so far. I pray that I've taken the time to explain this, the purpose of the series, um, without getting too much into the alchemy of it. But there are some things that I need to read, and you know we. No Matthew 24, and again, I, I think we're going to live in this for a little while. Um, Jesus left the temple area, this is right from the very beginning of Matthew 24, and was going on his way when his disciples came up to point out the temple buildings to him. But he responded and said to them, do you not see all these things? Truly, I say to you, not one stone here will be left upon another which will not be torn down. There's the stones again. And of course, he's talking about the temple, but I cannot get past the, uh, you know, it's the stone that takes down the statue. It's the rock. And why does he say just the stones here? He could have said, hey, listen, the, you know, wind's going to come up or there's going to be a battle and these, uh, the temple's going to fall. <clears throat> but he uses those words. And I'm just going to skip down to verse 37. For the coming of the Son of Man will be just like the days of Noah. So that really does tell you about the final kingdom, doesn't it? The miry clay and the iron together. Except the Lord's going to judge the world in a much different way this time. It's going to be through the wrath of God. We'll be gone. We will be. Hey, many people are praying today. <laughs> uh, you know what? I, I just, I don't buy into it today. I think there's a lot of things that have to happen. I'm I'm a mid-tribber. I think I've proved it biblically. I've done it a few times on there. You don't have to agree. It's okay. We don't need to argue about it. Um, but if I really believed the uh, rapture was today, I would be fasting and on my face. <laughs> that's it <laughs> as soon as the sun goes dark and the moon goes blood red i stop eating i'm on my face i advise it's a good thing for you to do as well but i just 
thought of, you know, the, the term miry clay and uh, just one, one little thing for the uh, plug for the KJB Bible. Uh, and those of you who are in that camp, they, the word miry is not in the other translate in most other translations. It's only in the King James and miry is really an important word. When you look at how many times clay has been introduced and miry is four times in the Bible. But I just wanted to read in closing the words from King David in Psalm 40. And let this be an encouragement to you. I waited patiently for the Lord, and he inclined unto me. He heard my cry. He brought me up also out of a horrible pit of the miry clay. And he set my feet upon a rock and established my goings. And he hath put a new song in my mouth, even praise unto our God. Many shall see it and fear and shall trust in the Lord. Blessed is the man that maketh the Lord his trust and respecteth not the proud, nor such as turn aside to lies. Keep your eyes on the Lord. There's going to be an alien disclosure. There's going to be people with superpowers. The world's going to turn on you. But what I read is not going to be so bad for you and I. It's not. We've got his divine protection. He heard me cry. What's the horrible hit? What's the times of the miry clay? He took me out of it and he set me on the rock. And he put a new song in my heart. Sing him a song of praise today. He's worthy. And don't forget to love him more than anything, more than anybody. Love your family. Love your neighbor as yourself. And make a difference in your community.